Welcome back to football season, everybody. It is your man, the L-E-F-K-O-E, and I say it's football season because I just watched a video of the homie Travis Kelsey walking down the football field, and Patrick Mahomes runs and jumps on his back, dapping up, and it just makes you realize... When the football players are excited to see each other and Jalen Ramsey is showing up in an Adidas Brinks truck and, and the players are showing up to camp, football is back and it feels so good. You are about to be inundated in the next two weeks with more news stories than you know how to handle. The NFL social media spree has changed so much in these last few years with Roto World and Bleacher Report and all, and all of these reporters tweeting more and Instagramming more. I'm telling you, five years ago they said, I'm saving my information for my article that comes out in the newspaper. Not anymore. You're going to get... Five guys the New Orleans Saints could cut after one practice. You're going to get six rookies that are going to blow your face off after one training camp. It is going to be insane. And so I'm telling you that the next two weeks, it's going to be overload. You're like me. You want to be abreast of all the situation. You want to know all the information across the NFL. Most of the information that you're going to hear is not going to matter. I'm here for you. Okay, I'm going to try and keep track of all of it. There's going to be a lot of, whoa, big off season, and it really pops the next few weeks. The next few weeks, you're going to start getting articles about hometowns, the guy that might miracle make the team as the eighth tight end. You're going to get those stories. The only thing I ask of you is when you see it, tweet it at the Left Go Show and use, whoa, big off season. Let's let everybody know what the craziness is. This guy comes in great shape. This guy comes in vegan. It's going to be, I'm just, I'm already seeing the tweets and the pop-ups, and those are wild woes. However, there is no, there is no fake woes here. We're going to have an interview with Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. We got out there at Tahoe. It was right after he did this podcast with his offensive uh, lineman, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, bussing with the boys. Uh, I'm going to say the name of their podcast, where they asked, they, they asked if he would cut his dick off to win a Super Bowl. I had follow-up questions. That's coming up in just a bit. And then also Kyle Fuller, uh, the all-pro cornerback for the Chicago Bears. I spotted him on the green, and it was the only guy I didn't know who he was, and I admitted it to him, that interview coming up at the end of the podcast. We do have some news that I know a lot of you are curious about the Fantasy League for the podcast. Last year, 396 of you signed up. We had 28 conferences. Meatloaf ran it. The winner of all those conferences played in one super week to find a champion to be crowned on the podcast. Meatloaf has moved on. Meatloaf, we love you. I hope you do well in all your endeavors. And that means that I am passing it along to the Super Saints fan, the teen with a dream, William Ezel. And I feel confident giving it to him, even though he is a young whippersnapper with his own podcast, because in his Instagram bio, it says, proud member of the 33%. Love it. God bless him. I talked with some of the members of BR Gridiron. If you're not following BR Gridiron on social media, you're missing out. Uh, it is going to be the place that you need to go in addition to the Left Coast Show accounts to keep up with the cool moments of the NFL. And we've come up with a name. 
We were trying to figure out how do I get the Lefko show? How do we get fantasy in there? How do we get BR Gridiron in there? And Ingber had the great idea. It's going to be known as the Lefko Fantasy Gridiron League. Why? Because that's LFGL. Let's fucking go. So if you want to call it the Lefko Fantasy Gridiron League, awesome. I'm going to kind of be calling it the LFG League. Let's fucking go. Because I'm I'm so excited. I am going to work uh, the next few days to figure out the scheduling. I'm going to work with Ezel to figure out uh, when do we need to have our drafts. I am someone that likes to have the draft after the third preseason game. I do not like drafting before then. I don't want guys getting hurt. But we're going to have to come up with commissioners. So I'm going to put out a form that I'm going to work with Ezel. If you want to be a commissioner, stay on the lookout in social, Lefko Show, Instagram, and Twitter. We're going we're gonna to see who wants to be the commissioner. Commissioners, how many people are going to come into the league? And then you guys are going to have to set up your own draft. So I appreciate you guys so much. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will have a team. I will be competing in one of the leagues. And whoever is the grand champion will get interviewed on the pod. One other little news and notes. Um, I don't know if you guys have done this yet. Go to podthoughts.com, P-O-D, and the word thoughts, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S.com. Take a listener survey. Uh, this is just for us to get a better idea of, of what you think about the show, and it's going to help us figure out advertising that you guys actually want to hear. So go to podthoughts.com, take the listener survey. It would really help the show. Um, but we want you to mention it directly, the left coast show. There was some news today. Mike Daniels released from the Green Bay Packers. I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie. When I picked the Packers to win the, the NFC North, one of the main reasons was what they have on their defensive line. Because I thought with Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, they just went out there and got Preston Smith, Adarius Smith. They drafted Rashawn Gary in the top 15 picks. I went, this place is loaded. And so for him to report and get cut is kind of shocking to me. He's also been a representative for that team for a long time. Joe Banner, the former GM of Eagles and the Browns, came out and said, let's be perfectly clear. The releasing of veteran players on the eve of training camp is wrong and indefensible. Defensible. Unless there are circumstances we are unaware of and have been clearly clearly explained to the player and agent it's just wrong i talked to some packers fans in the office and they talked about how he did have a leg injury last year and maybe it carried over i start to wonder did he show up out of shape is he not is does is his injury still an issue did he park in matt lafleur's spot did he fart near aaron Rodgers and it got him upset did he tell Devontae adams he's not the best dunker in the nfl I don't know, but I agree with Joe. I don't know why this is happening right now. Why would it happen at this point and not give someone that the coach comes out and says he's been an advocate for the team the chance to see free agency? I don't get it. But I do think, as I see Adam Schefter say his preference is to sign with a Super Bowl contender, I have five teams that I think he should be looking at. I do not know if these teams have the salary cap to sign him. I was, I was like, ooh, the Bucks could use him, but they're not a real Super Bowl contender. Um, but the five teams I came up with were Rams, 
Because as I said before, when you look at the Rams front seven, it's a little underwhelming. And if you put Mike Daniels next to Aaron Donald, suddenly a front four of Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald, Mike Daniels and and Michael Brockers looks really good. I put the Vikings in there because every uh, Packer seems to move on and go to the Vikings, not just Brett Favre. There's been a ton of them. But I also think that they have depth issues on that D-line in Minnesota. And just like Gerald McCoy went to the Panthers to play the Bucks twice a year, cutting in this late in the game, I'm sure Mike Daniels is like, I'd love to rub it into the Packers. Seahawks need some help. Remember, Jerron Reed just got suspended six games, and I thought they were a little shallow anyway. He is from New Jersey, and I don't think the Giants are an option, and the Jets, because of the 3-4, I don't think they're an option either. Patriots are an option. You look at the Patriots right now, we know that they're going to find ways to rotate people in there and take care of it. But the same point, Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton, I know they got Michael Bennett, but they have a lot of medium guys. I know they took a draft pick on Chase Vinovich, but look, if you're looking to win a Super Bowl, I understand if you go sign with the Patriots. And the other team for me is the Falcons. I know I'm a little bit higher on them than a lot of people, but looking at their D-line, him next to Grady Jarrett would be pretty unbelievable. And and I think it would help out Vic Beasley to try and get something out of him. It would move Sanat to more of a role-player role, which is where I think he should be. Uh, I just look at those five teams as teams that I think would make sense if he went factoring in the fact that Adam Schefter said he wants to play for a Super Bowl champion. But then, whoa, big offseason. Who doesn't want to play for a Super Bowl champion? All right, we're going to get to why I did not like Jalen Ramsey's entrance to training camp, an inside look at top 10 jersey sales. And then, again, we're going to have Kyle Fuller coming up. But first, let's talk about chopping off your penis to win a Super Bowl with the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. Something just came on my tweets that I'm very excited to talk to you about. Tweets? You did a podcast. Oh, here we go. With Taylor Lewan and, and, and uh, the boys. Compton, yeah. And you would cut your dick off for a Super Bowl? So, how do we do this? Well, I, do you I, do I honestly think the season? that. I don't know. I don't know who would tell me when to do it, but I know that my wife would be the first in line to. To, to do the do to the do deed. the deed really she would take care of it for you she would yeah. she make sure it's like clean well yeah sanitary I mean, just, sometimes you come home and I'm not always as cheery as I probably should be but uh, <laughs> no those guys I'm proud of those guys for doing that man yeah. they had a vision um, they put the bus together and it's fun it's cool yeah. and um, you know I'm proud of them you know I'm proud of them for for doing something outside of football and. And, um, and having fun with it. You know what it's like to be on there and also want to have a personality and kind of do your own thing. You know what y- I mean? You have to be able to uh, to be yourself. And yeah. we understand that, you know, Will's not on our team anymore, but him and, you know, Taylor, obviously, they got big personalities. They're no funny. And um, you have to. It's a long season. Training camp's long. The season's long. Yes. I mean, you have to have guys in there that can cut it off. All and, I fucking read about you, man, is you're able to connect with these guys. Like, was that – did you know you wanted to be a coach right away? Uh, well, it took me nine years to graduate from Ohio State, so I don't know what else I'm cut out to do. <laughs> um, you know, I was playing and I was going back to school and just really felt like um, – I had a lot of great mentors sure. in this game that uh, that taught me, you know, how to play. How to, the how to, sure, and how to, how to be a parent, how to be a father, mm. uh, husband, all those things, and, and, and a coach and try to uh, – 
to help those guys because I can't do it anymore, clearly. Uh, and so if I can try to do anything to help those guys do their job, uh, then I feel satisfied. When you see people reacting to you like running before the game and they're going, man, this dude could still play. Yeah, you know, I think that that's, that's the easy answer. There's no way. I'm the first one to tell you. Um, that I can't do it. Uh, they would whip me. I would and they enjoy, you know, when I get out there with them, I think they enjoy taking shots at me. And oh, yeah? That's okay. You know what I mean? I don't mind it. I'll uh, I'll do it until uh, until they hurt me. If I were to rank the co- the coaches in terms of their ability to, like, win a Royal Rumble, you're undoubtedly in the top five. Brian Flores has made his way in there, I think. No? You would take, you would take him out? I would put you – I'm going to take number one I mean, the way I'm, you just reacted to that. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty confident that I would do okay. I am too, man. I mean, top five, I'm a little embarrassed by – Really? You're more of a top three guy. I mean, B-Flo, I, I mean, great guy. I just feel like he has that, like, anger in his eyes a little bit, sure. you know? He'd probably be giving up 50 pounds to me. I mean, hell, I'm fatter than hell right now. <laughs> um, I think that – Ground and pound. Well, that's what your team's all about. Uh, what do you? Is this year two now for you? Yep, year two? two. How much easier is it? Not well, being you know, one? it's always hard to win games in this league. I know that that sounds. It's not speak. cliche. It's fucking um, hard to win games in this league. But I, I think that doing it the second time around, you, you kind of know where the, the speed bumps are. Yeah. You know where the potholes are. It's like coming home from work the same way. You know exactly where the traffic's going to be. So I hear that a lot. What are the potholes in your first year that you would, like, look back and go, damn, I didn't even... Well, I mean, just, just the way that injuries happen and having a plan. And, and you always want to have a schedule and you think about the schedule and oh, yeah. how, how things work. And are, are we, you know, when do we leave to, to get to the hotel? Mm. When does the flight leave? A lot of those things. When do we eat? How much time do we have uh, between practice and meetings? And, you know, just always worrying about looking at it from a perspective of a player. You know, I know that when I played and you had the last meeting and practice, so I give these guys 45 minutes. I know they're going to go in there and take a dump. They want to get something to eat, so I'm trying to not make them rush. So I say, we'll have 45 minutes. We'll make it up somewhere else. So, you know, you're just trying to to look at it from the eyes of a player and what their normal day would look like. So I've always thought the most frustrating thing as a coach is definitely the media taking your shit and taking a different direction. And what I've thought is, like, you have the situation right now where people are asking you about Marcus, and I'm going – what Marcus has done in the playoffs, how Marcus carries himself, the way the rest of the team, like I've met a lot of your players, and the way they speak about Marcus is like with love and sure. admiration. And it's this thing where I'm going, why does Vrabel need to get out there and say Marcus is the guy? I, I don't even get it, man. It doesn't it's make sense easy. to me. You know, I think it's easy. Um, it, it's, it's obvious. And, you know, our fans want to know about our, our quarterbacks. Sure. They want to know about the star players, and that's – that's what we have to do, and I've, I've resigned myself the to the fact that um, I try to have a relationship with our local media. They're yeah. great. I mean, I did an event for Special Olympics in February, Polar Plunge, yeah. and I was joking around and you know talking about, hey, want to see if one of these guys could swim and see how long I could hold them underwater. Mm. And then one thing led to another, and we ended up having 10 or 12 local media members come out, raise some money for Special Olympics, do the polar plunge. Yeah, so I'm trying to do my best. I talk to these people. I meet with them more than I do my own wife and kids every single day throughout this training camp and the season. So trying to just get to know them as people, their family, uh, and they had a job to do. I respect their job, and, you know, they can ask anything they want. It's up to me to, to answer it how I want. Uh, I've been very impressed with you, man. I'm, I'm super happy with how the team's kind of developing and stuff. And, like, just you being a head coach, it's been a lot of fun to it watch. It has been fun for me. we got great guys. They play hard. Um, 
that's the one thing that as a coach you you really understand means a lot when another guy that you respect no another doubt. coach you respect says man your guys play hard and that's Who the greatest that from? Uh, different coaches yeah. you know, different coaches in the league and uh, that that's the that's the greatest compliment uh, a coach could ever receive not that you have great plays or you know this or you're a good evaluator it's that your guys play hard right, one last uh, football thing for you yep when you change an offensive coordinator it's kind of an opportunity as a head coach to kind of say this is what I want this is the flow that I want this is how I, my team make up what did you what did you pass on in that with the new OC? well I think that Arthur um going to bring a lot of continuity I think into the second year I just felt like we got to the details of the plays on offense and defense and special teams much quicker than we did last year gotcha last year was like man where do I line up what where do I what's my job now it's we can get into the maybe somebody made a nice little putt yeah, over, nice over there and uh get into the details of hey how do you do your job better and bring the picture to life fine tuning it yes which player do you think that helps the most with just the continuity like is there well, is there a receiver titan that you think was really starting to come on in the end last year well i mean i think that we've gotten um a lot of you know good work out of tajay and, and taiwan and those guys have really sure. been pushing each other and they, oh, they complement touches the ball man. yeah they complement each other tajay's you know a long linear guy Really good hands, and you know, Tay can take the top off of it. So we just have to keep working and progressing with those guys, and and continue to help us. And then Corey Davis is still, you know, going into his third year. So those are the skill guys that hopefully that continuity continues to to help. But and really for everybody, protection wise, O line, defensive line, linebackers, how we're going to blitz, coverage. You know, you're just getting into the details. If you win the Super Bowl, I'm going to assume that you've cut your deck off. Well, Vrabel, I hope so. You're the man. You hope so? I, I hope, hope we you don't win. have to, man. I, I, I in solidarity. As a coach, in solidarity, would be something special. If you guys win the Super Bowl, should we both cut our dicks off? That's up to you. Okay. You're significant. I'm other. not cutting my dick off. Did you notice how upset Vrabel got when I said that maybe Flores could beat him in a Royal Rumble? Unbelievable. He got offended. He was like, I would kick his ass. It's not even an option. Vrabel, Vrabel was in a very good mood, and I, I kept talking to him afterwards. He was like, just shut up, Adam. And I was like, all right. I probably went too far there, but he's awesome. Um, all right, so the top 10 jersey sales came out in the NFL, and what's in, there's a few things interesting to me. I'm going to run through 1 through 10. Brady, Odell, Khalil Mack, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, Zeke, and Saquon. A lot of these make sense. They're like, if you were to tell me these are the top 10 most popular players in the NFL, I'd say I completely agree. I'd say J.J. Watt's probably in there. But that right there is a good list of young guys with a lot of panache that have a lot of sauce and that I could see them being popular. Few things that caught my eye. One, five quarterbacks. I usually feel like these lists are packed with quarterbacks, but the non-quarterbacks, Odell, Mack, Antonio Brown, Zeke, and Saquon, that shows you, in my opinion, so much about the fan bases. Odell, new team. Um, Antonio Brown, new team. Mahomes, Baker, Sam Darnold, Zeke, Saquon, all up and not not Zeke Saquon. All up and coming second year guys. Maybe people didn't get the jerseys yet. Mac, I look at it and I go new guy, but also Chicago has a huge fan base. It makes sense. What's shocking to me is Tom Brady at number one 
and Aaron Rodgers at number seven. Tom Brady is 58 years old. I just don't understand where all of these new Tom Brady jersey sales are coming from. Like, are there people that are like, you know what? Now I think he's going to be the guy. Now You know what? Now it's okay to spend my money and get a jersey. Are they are they like kids jerseys that we're like buying? Like, I, I just thought that if you were a Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan, you would have gotten that jersey by now. And I just think it's crazy that he's number one. Like, Odell Beckham goes to the Browns. So you have these Odell fans and these Browns fans. Like, there's a reason to have this burst in jersey sales. Same thing with Sam Darnold. Oh, you know what? He looked good his first year. I'm going in on Sam Baker. Patrick Mahomes, he won the MVP. I'm going in on it. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is in the top 10 and Tom Brady is number one. I just don't know who is just deciding to buy a Tom Brady jersey. That it's I get it. I love Tom Brady. I think he's unbelievable. I just it's surprising to me that he would have a burst of sales like that. It just if we're doing like franchise length, it makes sense. Jalen Ramsey's entrance to training camp today caught my eye because it made me realize that we have a shift now in the way of NFL social media. The NFL was behind the NBA for a long time, where people doing cool stuff off the field. It's the reason like the Lefko PR was a thing. Like not a lot of social media accounts were really capturing that. It was people giving out their division winners and people giving out, you know, their hot takes and their sleepers and they're overrated. But the NFL now is all about UGC, user generated content. And Jalen Ramsey entering training camp when it happened on Wednesday morning set Twitter ablaze. And it made me realize that I'm kind of a Grinch. Ian Rappaport was tweeting about it. I've seen Schefter tweet about these things. And what it made me realize that I'm jealous about with NBA Twitter is that everyone on NBA Twitter has a role. Woj does not tweet out memes. Shams does not send out gifts. They are news people. There are mean people, meme people in the NBA. There are gift people in the NBA. There's people that create their own content. There's people that create voiceovers. And in the NFL, everyone just keeps sharing the same things. And I also just didn't like the Jalen Ramsey content. It was Adidas sponsor, which more power to Jalen. He pulled up in a fake Brinks truck, which I appreciate because Jalen Ramsey should be paid. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm not the biggest Ha Ha Davis fan, but like I grew up with Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne pulled up to training camp in a tank. Reggie Wayne landed on a practice field in a helicopter. Antonio Brown showed up last year in a Rolls Royce from like the 1930s looking like Great Gatsby. What I don't what I realized it upset me was. When people start calling things epic and legendary, and I know this is a thing on social media, it's just like, it feels like all these reporters are like, wow, I can put things on social media now and be lit. And I I know that I'm being a fucking Grinch right now. Like, I know that. And I wish Ingber was here to kind of calm me down. But I just started seeing everyone sharing the same video. And I was like, man, can you all y'all make shit? 
Like, can can everybody start putting out some content that's like actually resonates with people? But I, I appreciate Jalen trying to make an entrance. Um, I know like half the NFL reported on Wednesday. I still have hope that Antonio Brown's going to do some awesome stuff. I still have hope that a number of these other players, like I want Odell to do some crazy stuff, but I don't think he will. But Shout out to Jalen for trying something, but I realize that I'm a Grinch because a lot of NFL social media is starting to all share the same things, and it's making me feel dirty. And if you have a reason why, share it with me at Adam Lefko and let me know because I have a feeling I'm just a Grinch, but I want to make sure. All right. Uh, saw Kyle Fuller out there at Lake Tahoe. He is one of the young star cornerbacks of the NFL. We talked about how people think that he looks like an NBA player and which NBA player that is. And then we did the interview soon after um, Eddie Jackson said they're coming for the 1985 Bears, which I thought was a lofty goal. But he talked about it that more right now. Kyle Fuller. All right, I'm going to admit something to the incredible 33% audience. I walked up to Kyle Fuller and I said, uh, man, I know your face. I just can't fucking recognize you. And that is the plight of a football player. Mm -hmm. But is it also amazing that people kind of go, I think that's somebody, but I'm not? Uh, I think, I mean, it, it probably is. I think it's something we may get used to. Uh, I, messed you, I messed with you a little bit because they get it mixed up uh, more than you may think. Also. Who else do people call you? You said Kyle Lowry? This, this week I've been getting Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Uh, they'll like they'll be bringing the book up for me to sign. I'm like, that's not me. Or did you sign it though? No, I didn't sign Damn, it. Damn, I, I would it. sign it. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm an I'm an NBA nah, champion. I, I couldn't do that. But then it got so I started messing with people even then. You know, just going along with it a little bit. Because what's funny is you hit me with Fuller, and I'm like, bro, there's like eight of you in the NFL right now too. Yeah. But you're balling out for the Bears. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how good is it to you were already killing it in your career, and then to have the team and Matt come in. Yeah. How special was last year? It was real special. Uh, you know, we think about Chicago. That's the, that's the type of football team that you think right? about. Right? You fit the identity, yeah. too. Right. So, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. And it, the most important part, you know, it, it all comes with winning games. So, uh, and we, were able to, we were able to do that last year. Uh, you know, just wanna, trying to build on that this year. That was a really good answer, by the way. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Um, Eddie Jackson, he came out. And we were actually laughing about this the other day. Here's Eddie Jackson going, we're coming for mm -hmm. the 85 Bears. Yeah. If I'm a fan of the Bears, I go, let's go. Yeah. What is it like when you have a team yep. in history that's kind of always there and you're playing for the same franchise? Yeah, I think uh, I think that speaks for our team. Uh, you know, I think at this point that's our that's our goal. If we want to if we want to get to that, you know, that level, that game, you know, that's that's the, that's what we have to uh, you know you know strive for. Sure. So, uh, you know, I think they did a great job for us. You know, being you know you know a great team, a great defense. Uh, you know, just for something to go after. So uh, you know, but it's like I said. So uh, you take it as motivation for sure, 100. percent Not like this looming. Thing no, 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 not at all. I think uh, you know it speaks for it speaks for our team. You know, Eddie's a you know perfect guy oh, for, that, for that quote to be coming from. Um, you know, so I mean, Eddie could have been up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody knew Khalil Mack was an incredible acquisition. Was there a moment in practice or any time that you saw something that had even kind of shocked you a little bit? Nah, I mean, I think we knew we knew the type of player he was, and I think you know he didn't disappoint when he came in. You know, just the way he worked, came in in practice. Because when uh, the guy getting paid the money yeah. is working, yeah. sets the tone for everybody. Yeah, and you could tell, uh, you know, you could tell how you know that just you know gradually throughout the year, you know, it just it, it stayed consistent, and uh, it just spread throughout the whole team. And I think it, uh, that's that that went to you know a lot of our success. Random player question for you: 
when you're a guy and people keep going, he's the most underrated player in the NFL. Do you take that as a compliment, or are you kind of like I'm done with being called underrated? Because you had that title for I felt like for like two years. Really, I, I don't, I don't, I don't take it personally. I, I don't really pay attention to it. It's a you know? compliment, but it's yeah. also like no, nah, I don't, I don't. So I, I don't think anything of it. Yeah. So uh, you know my. You know, I think, you know, individually, you know, guys want to go out there and, you know, work hard and be the best player they can be and, uh, you know, get better every year, you know. So that's that's kind of my approach to it. NFC North is incredible this year, man. Yeah. Like, we got Kyle Rudolph out here on the putting green right yep. now. The Vikings are, I think, going to bounce back. Yep. Green Bay, all the injuries. Mm-hmm. They got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, and then I even think Detroit. Yeah. I mean, when you got Stafford, he could put it anywhere. Yeah, I think it's a great it's a great division to be in right now. Uh, I think you might be the, the deepest division in yep. football right now. I think that's good for us, uh, you know, just having that competition. You know, and like I said, I said earlier, Every week, you know, in the National Football League, there's a competition, and uh, you know, but with our division games, you know that, uh, you know, that competition, you know, it'll bring the best out of us. Can I ask you a top three question? What's up? Top three wide receivers that I'm not saying they're the hardest. That that week, you're like, you have to mentally get ready for them the most. That I've had to go against. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Johnson, my rookie year. Holy crap. Julio. Oh. And uh, everybody else, I put the third. So those two, yeah. what was was just, there? It was just big and you tell know, me about Facebook because I will never have to jam Calvin. I'll never have to run with Calvin. Yeah, just just a big guy, you know, that can move and go up and get the ball. You know, at that time he was a veteran. You know, oh. I was a rookie, so I had to, I had to prepare, prepare for that. Uh, I appreciate you a lot. Do you have a message to Bears Nation out there right now? Uh, bear down. Bear down. Yep. Kyle fucking Fuller in the fucking house. I appreciate you, man. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for Kyle Fuller. Again, hit him up and uh, let him know that you appreciate him here with the 33%. Uh, Stay uh, tuned again to the Lefko Show uh, social media accounts. I am going to to start asking for people that want to sign up so we can get a total number of people that want to play fantasy. I think we're going to do it on Yahoo. And again, uh, my man Ezel is going to be running it. I want to leave you guys with... With some goodness, some motivation. And I got this email from a, a listserv called The Daily Coach. And I wanted to share it with you because I think that you guys could appreciate it. So I'm going to read what it says uh, and then I'm going to bid you guys adieu. In February of 1991, Bill Belichick walked into the Browns facility on Bagley Road in Berea, Ohio, and handed a piece of paper in his smallish, perfectly straight printing that described exactly the kind of football team that he wanted to build in Cleveland. The thin-lined three-ring border paper essentially was the beginning of the Browns' way, which manifested into the Patriot way some 10 years later. The words read, Big, fast, athletic, mentally tough, capable of playing in any weather, and can control the middle of the field. Simple, precise, and well thought out. Clearly, Belichick spent many years thinking like a head coach. In the coming days, he would provide detailed job descriptions for every single person in the football operation, down to the ball boys with the traits required for each person. There was no detail too small for Belichick. And all those off-seasons in New York, he was with the Giants, before becoming a head coach, were spent thinking about when I get my chance. The example Belichick set applies to every walk of professional life, from business to sports, to anyone with a competitive spirit or anyone who wants to get their chance. 
It does not matter if you walk along an NFL sideline or Wall Street or a small group of people in an office. Preparation and detail always shine when your chance finally occurs. If you have dreams and ambitions for upward moment, for upward movement, put pen to paper and make a plan for when you will arrive and how you will behave once you're there. There is no time like the present to work on your future, regardless of your place on the company's org chart. I wanted to share this with you because I think it's football related and I think it's life related. Coaches, we always hear they show up with their binders of the things they're going to do and when they're going to hold practice and how they're going to do it. Not everybody wants the job they have, but you can start to work on the job you want during the job that you have. I know that there's a lot of you guys out there right now that are not doing what you want and you're waiting for your chance. But what I'm telling you is, is that when you get that chance, you're not always going to have the time to finally come up with what you want. A lot of people have fear to put pen to paper. They're afraid to put down their plans because they might not be good plans. And if they just keep it in their head, when they do write it down, it will be good. I'm here to tell you that if you don't start planning out what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, that it's never going to get done. Because that, that, that dream might hit you, that chance might hit you, and you might pass it up. I have had people, friends of mine that I have known for years, that want to do stuff on this show. And recently I said, hey man, here's the deal. Send me an audio clip, do a minute segment, and send it to me. And I'll see if it's good, and if it's not, I'll tell you to do another one. And if it is, maybe I'll put it on. And he, has, he didn't send me anything. Because I know that fear can overcome people. But what I'm telling you is, if you want to change your life, put that shit on paper. Put it on paper. Plan it out. Set goals for yourself. A lot of people will distract themselves. Daddy cigar, glass of whiskey, Netflix. I don't want to sound like Gary V right now, but we're really good at distracting ourselves from doing the work that scares us. And what I'm telling you, and Rob Riggle said this last week, don't be afraid. Lean into the fear because you might realize, damn, I don't have any good ideas and you're going to need some. So that's my, my, my ending note to you guys is really visualize what you guys want in your life. Put pen to paper. Like I'm telling you right now that William Ezel, this Saints fan, the proud member of the 33% that I'm letting him run the fantasy league. My man's been DMing me for years. He has a podcast. I was a guest on his podcast. Most of you guys know that if you slide into my DMs, I'm going to respond. I'm not as great as responding to the people that say, what advice do you have for me? I don't have time. Like you guys are busy. You know how busy I am. But if you guys come to me, Rod Simba reached out to me recently and says, hey, man, loving the show. Do you need any more music? And I said, you know what? I might. How about this? Mitchell Pansky hit me up, the dude that makes all the graphics and says, hey, man, I'm thinking about making a logo. All right. Don't. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to feature their work. I'm going to talk about them on the show. I'm going to, I'm going to put them into my circle and people are going to say, Hey, who made your music? And then maybe I connect Rod Simba with somebody. And then all of a sudden Rod Simba's music career starts going. So when you reach out to somebody for that chance, reach out with something for them. 
I know I've shared this, this message with you guys before, but put your goals on paper. And when you do reach out, give. I don't want to keep preaching. I'm going to stop. I just love you guys a lot. And I know that there's a lot of good people that listen to this show. And I want to give the 33% my 33%. And sometimes it's wisdom. I just talked to interns. That's why I'm sounding like this right now. But I want to say thank you to Mike Vrabel for talking about cutting his dick off. Thank you to Kyle Fuller for stopping by and doing the interview. There will be new information for the LFGL coming up soon. But I want to say thank you to Nick for rolling the music. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, We're going to have more interviews next week. I think we're going to have Vince Carter. I think we're going to have Kyle Rudolph. I think we're going to have Jordy Nelson. More episodes of the new show are going to be coming out. And pay attention because I'm going to have the rankings for wedding dance circles. I just want you to know that the MVP of the NFL may have messaged me that he heard that I'm doing dance rankings and that he's a really good dancer. That's how powerful the fucking 33% is. I fucking love you guys. And I'm cursing a lot because I love you a lot. Be well. Do well. Holla, holla, holla. I'll talk to you guys next week.